All right, folks. Mom, are you ready to uh, to start the recording here? Um, I will check that out. I've started the. There we go. We are live. We are not live, but we are recording. All right, guys. I'm pumped about this. We're gonna have fun. All right. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to the Mid-Level Show. Welcome back to the people who join us every week. Uh, welcome for the first time for the people who have not joined us for this show. Uh, and in case you don't know, this is where we get all of our providers, uh, give or take one or two, and, uh, and we gather and we talk about the health topic of the week at Performance Medicine. Uh, I'll, I'll do a quick intro, and then, and then I'll talk about what the topic is. We have Andy Rogers in the top right corner there. We've got Amber Butler in the bottom left, and we got Kara Cairns in the bottom right. And, and we're excited about today because uh, today's topic is, is salt. And it is something that uh, we think we've been misled on in terms of information that's out there. And I think the goal today, guys, um, because we have you guys together, my goal is to is to you know see if we can't um, what's the the right word for this debunk the myths around salt and heart disease. Uh, and Andy, I'm going to start with you. Um, what 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 have we gotten wrong in regards to salt, and and kind of right the ship for us as we start off this mid level show. Oh, well, our, our, our misconception really, I think, stems from the DASH diet. It's a dietary approach to uh, something, hypertension. Is it decreasing or stopping hypertension? It's to decrease what the vascular volume, uh, the volume within the vascular uh, supply. Water follows salt. So they think less salt, less water, less volume, less hypertension. And uh, what dad was putting in the note was that that's not necessarily true. Salt has a lot of other essential functions, uh, including nerve conduction and impulses. Um, uh, so I, I find, too, that salt, salt is not the enemy. Oversalting is not the enemy. So I think that's um, important to note kind of where those studies came from. I didn't get to delve too much into the particular studies we've been looking at where he was saying it's false information or just faulty studies, but um, I don't think salt is bad. And, and what he's referring to, guys, uh, the, the people listening out there, he's referring to our most recent Doctor's Note blog written by Dr. Rogers uh, where he where he talks about uh, some of the the benefits of salt, you can find that at performancemedicine.net. Uh, Amber, why don't you, you know, I know you read the note. What's your thoughts on it, and has has that changed your view when you taste uh, salty foods? Has, has it changed anything for you? I got a little nervous because I don't salt things often, and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to start salting. But I also think um, it's important the type of salt. You know, of course, I was listening to this, and I'm like, oh. Got my Campbell's tomato soup. Let's look at the sodium level on this. And that's not necessarily the good type of salt he's referring to, that um, Himalayan or that sea salt that, you know, the countries where they do so well that are by the sea um, and have that kind of more naturally there. So the type of salt is important, you know, um, because so many of our foods are packed full of sodium that um, can not necessarily have a positive impact. Um, but uh, it was encouraging to me, and I'm going to salt my food more. Kara, why don't you follow up Amber there and, and just kind of tell us, you know, some of your some of your takeaways and how that might have changed uh, your approach uh, when you talk about salt and, and sodium levels. Well, I think it was really good that Dr. Rogers brought up um, sea salt 
And also uh, some people talk about the pink salt or Himalayan salt because they are primarily the mineral sodium chloride and contain trace amounts of iodine as well as other minerals like, um, you know, chromium, magnesium, calcium, other minerals that um, we need also. But I thought what was interesting is the salt restriction he was talking about two to four grams and like low sodium diet. So six grams is actually a teaspoon of salt. So really the recommended is probably about a half a teaspoon a day. So, you know, it's just interesting to see the connection, you know, between how much and what kind of salt to use. Kara, I, I want to dig in a little bit there. You said a, a couple really key things. Um, you mentioned minerals and um, and he talks a lot about the difference between table salt and sea salt. Um, have you dove into that any uh, in terms of, you know, what's in sea salt that's not necessarily in table salt? Um, the um, trace amounts of iodine, um, like your dad mentioned, but um, I did not look further into um, the sea salt. I just looked mainly at the Himalayan, which they're very similar yeah, I, I think I just find that super interesting. And, and we we did a, a, a week's topic on iodine recently. I'll have to link that up in the show notes that we can refer to because iodine seems to be impo- important. Uh, Andy, one thing that, that I've noticed is some sea salt has iodide in it versus iodine. Is that something, is that in your wheelhouse? Do you know much about the difference between the two? There is a difference. One is actually the element and one is a compound. So one is actually like the element number 12. And then I believe iodide. I did look this up earlier because I wasn't really, I, I wasn't really up to date on it. And I believe it's iodine, not iodide that we want. Um, to, it, furthering on, it's kind of piggybacking off you, Kara, the sea salt. Uh, you're saying that it contains trace elements of uh, trace minerals in it. Uh, and what's the real difference? And, and that's so true is that sea salt is just the evaporated seawater is sea salt. So you're getting it straight from the source and it hasn't been uh, mined or and it hasn't been refined. So they can mine other salts and refine them and shave them down so much that it's not as granular. The actual like size of the salt, the sodium is is bigger uh, with sea salt or Himalayan salt than it is with refined table salt. Uh, so table salt is, is just easier to bake things with. You can add it in and it mixes easier than the others, but it, you lose a lot of the trace elements in it. Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to go ahead, Kara. Also, too, what you were referring to, Andy, was um, the importance of sodium, like the sodium potassium pump. Yeah. You know, we need that for muscle contraction and relaxation. So that's another important thing, like you were talking about earlier, how we need it in the body. And one other thing I'll, I'll piggyback on on you three here is is that, you know, one recommendation that Dr. Rogers makes is, is Redmond sea salt uh, for the for the listeners out there. And, and I actually have some myself. And it's it's like you said, Andy, it's much thicker and it's um, it's not white. It, it's it's got some it looks like there's pepper in it. It kind of it kind of threw me off there for for a minute. Um, but I, I want to dig back into, you know, why we've been told uh, that salt is bad. And, and, and one of our big things here is, is protecting people from heart disease. And we talk a lot, we've talked a lot about that, you know, in the last couple of weeks is, and and I'll just let you guys jump in. Do you guys ever in a Cleveland heart consult, do you guys ever say you need to eat less salt? 
is that something that could come from a visit like that? Because I think, I think that might be the perception out there. And, and Andy, why don't you start us off and then we'll go to, to Amber. I, I have not said that. <laughs> I have not said that in Cleveland Heart yet. Uh, that's kind of a, if you have a proponent, that's more of a traditional look. If you have cardiac risk factors, then decreasing the amount of salt was thought to be a good heart healthy thing. Water follows salt. <clears throat> so wherever salt goes, water goes. And then the more salt in there, there's more water, which they're saying is can have too much volume in the arteries, which is contributing heart disease. That's the idea behind why salt is bad for you or could potentially be bad for you. But we're just missing the point on how salt can be beneficial. When looking on a Cleveland Heart panel, you have something called a complete metabolic panel, which includes a sodium level that comes in a CMP or a BMP as well. So you can see if your sodium overloaded or, or uh, have a deficiency in sodium. Sodium's huge too. It's one of those things where if you get too much of it or too little of it, it changes the type of fluids that you get in, in the hospital setting because you can get... Um, God, this is like a PA board question. It's like uh, uh, edema, cerebral edema, and then there's other sort of like demyelination that goes one way or the other with too much or too little sodium. So there's there's harsh harsh uh, side effects for having if you are too little if you have too little salt or too much, but it's usually pretty great. Like 135 to 145 are normal levels of sodium, and when you're thinking of salt, you're thinking of sodium chloride. Um, did I answer your question or did I go off topic? No, I, I, I find that, I find, I find that <laughs> super interesting. And, and Amber, I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. Like is, is it just seems like they almost have to have these restrictions in a hospital setting, you know, just to, to guard themselves from so many, from some bad things happening. Uh, Amber, why, why don't you, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, as it relates to heart disease and the way we look at it. Well, I may not have ever said it in a Cleveland consult, but I have said at the dinner table, if there was a family member who had known hypertension or cardiac disease, and I'm like, tisk tisk, why are you salting your food? Or maybe I didn't say anything because I'm non-controversial, but later on I'll tell my husband, did you see her salt her food? So I think that it, you know, it's just that traditional mentality, the traditional teaching. And, and I still think, you know, it's hard because if we don't educate our patients on the type of salt, you know, you don't need to go out and, and you know, but, you know, add a bunch of table salt or get a bunch of processed foods that are super high in sodium. Um, you've got to be careful about the kind of salts, because as we were talking about the, um, the coarse sea salt that has the minerals in it, like iodine, super important, you know, so many benefits. Um, that we previously discussed, um, that's not quite the same as the chlorinated or bleached out salt that we typically go to just, or that's, you know, right there on the shelf or that's um, packed in as far as the sodium in our, in our boxed meal. So um, educating patients is important. And, um, and when you talk about salt, you know, giving them the information about the type of salt too. I do. I, I have something to add to that. That's important when you're saying at the dinner table, adding salt. I think it's important to kind of note what your taste is telling you to do. It's again, I talk about the Doritos effect of book a lot, but there have been studies where your body will have different taste buds. You'll crave certain things depending on what your body needs. So maybe your body needs more salt if it craves more salt because your body loses a little bit more of it. If you feel like it, like drinking Gatorade or Pedialyte after a, a really strenuous athletic event tastes good and you're 
craving it. And that craving, you got to trust because your body's telling you to do something. And I'll say on the opposite end, the note mentions a lot about the, the bad white crystal sugar. It's not nearly as addictive as sugar is. It doesn't hit those dopamine receptors in your brain in the addiction center. So people aren't going for salt addictions. Salt, and, and I feel like it's really cool to kind of see uh, the, his, the historical significance of salt. People fought wars over it. Um, uh, it's, it had, uh, had value. You had value if you had salt. So it's just interesting that now we want to restrict it. Just like all the fun in the world, we just want to restrict all the fun. <laughs> and, uh, and Carol, we we got uh, we have Fran joining us now. Hello, Fran. I'm uh, so frustrated. I hate computers. <laughs> well, real quick, Carol, I want to ask you about your experience in the hospital, and we only got a few more minutes left. Um, did you did you see like this restrictive behavior around salt and some of the fear with it uh, with your experience in the hospital? And uh, what's your thoughts on that? Um, not really fear, um, because, you know, just like we hang a bag of normal saline or half normal, and um, it plays into more vascular hypertonic, hypotonic. Um, so you're getting some sodium in the IV solution, but there are low sodium diets that patients would have to um, choose from. But in reference to the Cleveland Heart, I think I probably talk about the other uh, white crystal sugar, like Ben, I mean, like Andy mentioned in the uh, metabolic panel and hemoglobin A1C and people talking about how they want to lose weight and talk about carbs and things like, things like that. So I probably talk about sugar more than I talk about salt. That's a really good point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. The, the, the good white crystal versus the bad white crystal. And I just want to, uh, I, I know everybody's a little bit on a time crunch, so if you have to go, go. Uh, I want to pick Fran's brain a little bit on, on uh, Bye, everybody. She- Thank you. Sorry, I got to go see a patient. Thanks. I'll see y'all soon. All right. See you. Um, uh, Fran, what, what's your thoughts on, on this idea that, that, salt, um, that salt is actually good for you and that we need more of it? Um, I absolutely agree. I brought all, I, I use salt all the time. I have all my real salt. Yes. Um, this salt, in my opinion, is a poison. Um, <laughs> if you even read the ingredients on it, this has dextrose in it. And um, it also has a flow agent. So it's got man-made chemicals. And so this salt and this salt, they are not, they are not equal. And this is what's in processed foods. And this is what you can put on your own food if you make it. So um, I just think, I, I think there's a lot of problems with processed salt. I mean, it's, they, they dry it at 1200 degrees Fahrenheit. It changes the chemical structure of it. Um, I have a real problem with, with processed salt. <laughs> and and I, I'm only going to say this because, because Jenny, my mother's in the green room here. I I've seen that salt that, that Fran just mentioned, uh, Saw it all growing up, as I'm sure uh, a lot of you guys have. See you, Kara. Um, um, and, you know, I, I just, it's just an interesting uh, dynamic in the sense that, you know, as we keep learning, uh, you know, I, I think it's table salt that's really the villain here, not necessarily salt. And, you know, some of that has to do with, uh, with the minerals. And, and Fran, I think you, you described that really well in what's in sea salt versus what's also in table salt, the, the bad stuff. And, and now Amber, have you, do you have sea salt at your house? Just out of curiosity. 
I, I had to put you on the spot. As I do. No, um, I'm going to get some. I do have some sea salt. Yes, not. Oh, I don't have the the Redmonds. I have some sea salt. You can um, borrow from me. Yeah, there you go. I um, have I like a million jars. Yes, but this, but but all of this, all of what we're saying though, is exactly as what we were talking about earlier. The difference between so it's not necessarily that that the DASH diet, you know, restricting salt, I, I think that was more of a push to restrict sodium, the processed sodium, the table, uh, the salt that, um, like Andy, so, so aptly described, he did a great job talking about the water and the sodium channels. Um, but the, the thing is, um, like Fran was saying, we probably need to do a better job educating patients on the benefits of the right kinds of salt. And I don't think we do that. I think we say, you know, don't eat processed foods, don't eat table salt. You know, that's going to be bad for you. Um, and, the, you know, the, the sodium that's in the boxed meals. But, but we need to talk more about the positive side of good sea salt. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, that's kind of the theme. I, I feel like when we're talking about nutrition and supplements like it, it's really about finding finding the good stuff and staying away from the really bad stuff and and it seems that salt is is the same just like you know we had a conversation about wheat and grains and you know there's just certain things that you want to stay away from um, but with sea salt in, in particular some of the ones that, that Fran brought up and the ones that were in Redmond which was in the the doctor's note this week there's a lot of you know really important minerals that we need. Um, and I'll ask you, Fran, we'll end on this. Uh, in terms of, can you just describe how some of these minerals are heart protective versus, um, and, and I think, you know, Andy touched on it a bit, but, um, you know, it seems like salt gets, you know, put in this uh, category of, you know, it could lead to hypertension, high blood pressure. Do you have any thoughts on that before we before we end this uh, episode? The, the thought I have on that is um, for the heart is that the potassium sodium ratio is what's important. So when they look at studies, if you're, if you're so your, your potassium used to be people got more potassium than they did sodium. And now it's been, if you eat processed foods, that ratio is reversed. So you're getting less potassium compared to sodium. And so when you look at studies, I had just looked at one of these, it says, if you have two, if you have too much sodium and too little potassium, um, it's either one in excess without the other is worse. So if you eat a lot of sodium, but you have potassium, it's more protective. It's so, you, so they work really well together. That's very important. So you're, you can't just look at sodium. You have to also look at potassium. Huh. Intake. It's like your hormones. It's all in symphony. You have to look at all of them together. I, I, I that's exactly right. And and I, are you saying, you know, potassium and, and sodium in particular? Or are you saying all the like the minerals? Um, They're all important, but mo most of the studies that have done on heart disease, they look at the potassium and sodium ratios. Can you tell? And if you have higher potassium, it's very protective. And if you think about it we take potassium to lower blood pressure, right? So salt might not be the only factor. But you still need salt, right? So you, you absolutely need salt. You absolutely need salt. You just, need the good salt. I just, mean, you need, th these two salts are totally different animals. They're not, you can't even, you can't even say they're both salt in, in a weird way. They're two right. totally different things. Do you, do you know you what those ratios need to be? 
Well, the Paleolithic time, I think it was 16 to 1 for potassium over sodium. But now with processed foods, that ratio has been reversed. But you can, you can fix that ratio without doing a lot of math by eating non-processed foods. Interesting. And then salting to taste with good salt. And I'll only, I'll only ask you guys this because I know it's going to come up. How do you, it could be super obvious and I'm going to look like an idiot for asking, but how do you test for, for, you know, these levels? Is there, is there something that we do or is there a test out there that you can see what your ratios are? Well, you you're always looking at those when you do your, your CBC has hypokalemia. We worry about that because you can have arrhythmias and, and All if you, if you have the, the levels of the two, you can make your, your ratio based on yeah. what you get from your blood levels. Super interesting. But it's not something like blood pressure where you need to be walking around every day saying, what is that ratio? Right? Because it's going to change daily based on what you eat. So you want more of like an average over a period of time. Right. But we do worry about people when they don't have enough potassium. That's interesting. Because it's, it's dangerous super fascinating. And, and guys, I, I appreciate the time that you guys have, have stuck it out the whole time. And, um, I'm going to let everybody go, uh, to the listeners out there. Thank you for, for joining us on this week's mid-level show. Uh, Fran and Amber, we had Kara Cairns and Andy Rogers on as well. Uh, they had to leave and go see patients guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and as always, we'll see y'all next week. Okay. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.